We're heading up the stairs now in the National Gallery of Ireland. Through the doors. And heading to the back, where they keep the Spanish collection. So the first thing that's going to strike you is the blast of blue. You're going to see it from right across the room. The colours flash but not dull. It could be the sky, the mind or even heaven. You just don't know when you're looking at it. The most striking thing about first seeing El Greco's St. Francis receiving the stigmata in the Irish National Gallery is how modern it looks beside the creepy swaddled babies and the virgin kitsch surrounding it. And it's not just different to the images around it in the gallery. It's different to everything else that was being painted in the 16th century. For traditional painting, such as the Immaculate Conception hanging beside St. Francis, placed even the most allegorical of images in a realistic landscape, with trees in the background, maybe a few winding rivers, El Greco's painting is a vision of an internal spiritual event. He doesn't try to make it more like something you could see looking out a window. Instead, the image shows how Francis must have felt, and ignores the irrelevant question of what a beardy man might look like the moment holds appeared in his hands. Note that Francis' stigmata doesn't bleed. These wounds are a revelation, a gift from God, a reminder of what that gift represents, freedom from death, sits just under the saint's elbow. The skull was used as a reminder of mortality, the memento mori in Latin, and it's the one solid earthly thing in this otherwise otherworldly image. So what kind of a man produced this image? Well, El Greco was an outsider. Even his nickname, the Greek, reminds us that he worked far from his home and far from the centres of European art for most of his life. Born a Catholic in Orthodox Crete and trained to paint the flat icons of the Eastern world, he left and studied with Titian in Venice before ending up in Spain. Having argued with both the king and the church over payments for paintings, he relied on private commissions to stay alive. He was a man apart, and seeing the painting here in the gallery lets us see just how unlike his contemporaries he was. One of those contemporaries described with bafflement a visit to the artist's studio. It came upon him sitting in darkness, but neither asleep nor painting. To a hack painter, unburdened by talent, it would never occur he might just have been taking time to imagine. It reminds me of the story Sam Golden in Hollywood used to creep around the writer's sheds on the MGM lot and shout at them to get back to work if he couldn't hear typing. If El Greco was a man who'd lived inside his head, the figures he painted couldn't have existed anywhere else. St. Francis, as painted here, is not a physical presence. His face is too gaunt, his belt is tied too tightly to have held a real body. His fingers bend in a way that would break yours or mine. He's a figure who's left the lumpen real world behind. He has no body left. Everything except his spirit has been burned away by the light. The internal light, shining out of those huge exaggerated eyes, and by the light from above, the light of the Holy Spirit. It's above him, surrounding him, pressing down on his back with its burden, but also reaching out to take his hand, to offer him support. El Greco, sitting in his darkened room, understood how to evoke those feelings. He uses them to try to lead us into an extraordinary moment in another person's life. Through St. Francis, and accompanied by him, we're brought face to face with the mystery of God. And whether we now believe or not, the artist has left us that experience. So this has been a prototype podcast from tuppenceworth.ie. I'm Simon McGar, I'm the editor of Tuppenceworth, but I'd hope I wouldn't be the only person who'd be interested in a podcast like this. If you've got comments, email me on smcgar, that's S-M-C-G-A-R-R, at tuppenceworth.ie, or leave a message on our blog at tuppenceworth.ie slash blog. Thank you.